Hello and welcome to the Problematic Sticker Anime Podcast. I'm your host, Gary. And as always, I am here to talk about amazing anime, animes of the bye week that we watch. And I do that with my two awesome co-hosts, Alfonso and Ben. Alfonso, say hello. Hello, hello. How has Alfonso been? I've been better. Watching a lot of anime. Promised Land just threw this damn cliffhanger that got me pissed because there was no new episode this week and I can't wait any longer. Well, you're gonna have to, old friend. I don't like it. <laughs> I, I, I don't like it. I don't. But, like I said, I gotta wait. You must <sighs> wait. Also joining us, Ben! Say what's up, Ben. Oh, hello, Gary. Hello, hello. How have you been? I'm not bad, thank you. How about you? Oh, oh you know, just... Now. Oh, my God. Hope you're okay. <laughs> uh, I've been okay. I've been okay just, you know, watching anime, watching TV shows, playing games. It's all quite fun. All quite fun. But we are here to discuss anime, and it's going to be a fun one, I feel. But is there any news that anybody knows about in anime this week? I haven't looked at news today, unfortunately. Neither did I. I have no idea. <laughs> well, I will scan really quickly here. Um, I know we're getting a Demon Slayer video game from CyberConnect2 and Namco Bandai. Which, which looks like... Uh-huh. Naruto, the Naruto games, exactly mm-hmm. like the Naruto games. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is yep. another arena brawl. It looks gorgeous. Don't get me wrong. Beautifully animated and beautifully, just beautiful looking game. Um, not sure how into it I'm going to be, though, as I still haven't watched the damn Demon Slayer show yet. Have any of you guys watched it yet? I've seen no. six episodes so far. And. I'm not going to spoil it, but those six episodes was just training for the main character. So that's why I stopped, because he was thinking too damn long. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but I heard it was good. I, I heard people saying it was good, so I need to go back and watch it. Well, well it won the to... 2019 Anime of the Year Award in Japan, so... There yeah. you go. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can set as the... Um bi-weekly anime at some point when closer to because season two was announced right mm-hmm. yeah so and it, it's had a movie it's also a second movie has been announced as well nice mm-hmm. yeah yeah well here's some good news i just found it uh season two of dr stone currently playing and airing uh is getting its official dub starting february 11th so the first english dub episode <laughs> will premiere on february 11th <laughs> Wait, what? that's that passed already. What? That was three days ago. It's February fourteenth. Oh, my bad. You can now watch the English dub <laughs> of Doctor Stone now. <laughs> uh, in fact, they'll be even further behind by the time this goes out. So, four days ago by the time this goes live, because this will go live well, tomorrow. I'm sorry. I just saw it <laughs> here on the anime news. I'm so sorry. Um, it's not anime news, but kind of manga-ish, I guess. Um, there was a bonus chapter in the Dragon Ball Super manga, 
that came out in Japan recently, uh, which had Freezer in it, which oh. is like the last one where it's just like uh, a little bit of an epilogue with Freezer, even though he's not in the. Just telling you what he's up to. <laughs> just to say that he knew what Morrow was and decided that he didn't want to get involved. And that was about it. I'm starting to realize that Frieza always <laughs> knew that he wasn't as powerful as he thought he was. <laughs> and he just stood away from everybody and nobody else knew about it. Other people. <laughs> um, the thing is, though, Morrow was sealed. Boo was sealed. Beerus sleeps. So Frieza knew who, who was stronger than him, but he knew that nearly everyone was either sealed, sealed, or too lazy. So, you could, could call himself the strongest in the universe because nobody would do anything because they're either sealed, sealed, or too lazy. So, and the only one that caused any threat was Super Saiyan and he killed them. He fought. Hello? Yes, I'm yeah. Okay, good. Um, which, by the way, if you read the... What, is it the movie or the TV show where he killed them because of... Beerus? Yeah. Um, TV show. Yeah. Was it TV show? Yeah, TV show. Yeah. Because Beerus told him about the Super Saiyan God and then he blows up Planet Vegeta worrying about the idea of a Super Saiyan God. So. Because mm -hmm. Beerus was going to destroy the planet anyway, but Frieza decided to do it for him. Freezer was basically the god of destruction, really, with Beerus just like lazing about doing whatever he wanted, and having uh, having <laughs> having Freezer do everything for him. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, um, Freezer. Really... Yeah, go ahead, man. So, that was what I was going to say. So yeah, Freezer. Okay, um, my boy, still in the world, not messing up, or not messing with people. He's just trying to conquer the world and leave him alone. Conquer the universe. So let him do his thing. Anywho, um, really quickly, Death Note, Inuyasha, Tokyo Ghoul, and Elfin Lead, the animes have been banned from streaming services in Russia. I know it's Russia, so we're not there. But this is significant uh, because the streaming services have refused to put age restrictions on these shows. So people and children can just go in and watch them. Obviously, you probably don't want your kids watching um, Death Note or Tokyo Ghoul because those things are freaking violent. But upon yeah. further analysis, uh, it's also because of the child murders and the lack of um, censors, or not censors, uh, lack of identifying nudity in some of these scenes. And the fact mm -hmm. that, yeah, so... Essentially, they've been banned because of these reasons. Um, no restrictions on streaming services in Russia, apparently, for these shows. Even though they have them on other animes, they didn't put them on these ones. And they refused when, apparently, the Russian government asked them to. Um, for whatever reason. I don't know why you would refuse to put an age restriction. But they did. So they banned them. So those looking to watch Death Note, Tokyo Ghoul... Sorry, it's not Inuyasha, it's Inuyashakia? I don't even know what that is. Never heard of it. Um, I know Elf in the Weed is super violent. Um, Elf in yep. the Weed, I believe, is the one that has the nudity and stuff like that. Um, 
Yep. And the fact that the the male character who's nude is also underage throughout the whole show, mm-hmm. or at least in the beginning. So I could see why they would not be happy of not having age restrictions on this stuff. Um, so yeah. Thoughts on that? I personally don't think anybody should watch the Death Note anime because it's terrible. But... Yes. Um, <laughs> this, this, it bothers me, stuff like this, because of how kids now copy everything from what they've seen and they mm-hmm. kind of leave them mentally unstable, which leads them to do shit that happens every day in today's society where it is, it's, you know, these random shootings in schools and churches and public areas, et cetera, et cetera, because they follow these type of stuff. It leads to these type of stuff. So this bothers me that Russia doesn't take the proper caution to prevent stuff like this. That's why I Well, they have now. They they banned the show. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad that they did, but still, not adding it from the beginning is like, why why didn't you? I mean, yes, banning is the next step, the way to go, but still. Yeah. And it still bothers me that okay, we have you see these in other countries that they have the age restriction, but you just didn't want to do it. So yeah, that, I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I totally understand where you're coming from, man. Uh, uh Ben, any thoughts uh, from you? I mean they should be age restricted because they're quite like violent slash they're very adult animes, so I can see why Russia did the ban. It's smart. You don't want kids watching Death Note, even though it was a really good anime. Mm-hmm. If, I mean, <laughs> you think it's a good anime? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I actually like Death Note. So, I've got the books and I've got the anime, so I enjoyed it. I mean, the books were better, but yeah. Alrighty then, that's all the news I have. If you guys mm-hmm. don't have anything, we shall get into the anime of the bye week. Yeah, we did. Yeah, this was my choice. It was Fate mm-hmm. Zero, and it was confusing. I I know it is. I probably should have warned you that it might be confusing. <laughs> There's a lot of moving parts, um, but overall, I think I I, I kind of. I hope you guys would like it to uh, some degree. Um, Alfonso, you've told me that you did. Ben, um, I hope you did, as we'll get into it. Um, But yes, the Fate franchise, for those who don't know, is one of the, if not the biggest franchise in Japan right now. Um, Fate Grand Order, the mobile game, has been the number one gotcha game ever since it came out. Every time you look at the the stats and the you know what's number one, what's always number one is always Fate Grand Order. Um, it's a huge franchise. Uh, the franchise centers around the Holy Grail War, and uh, masters humans with magical abilities get to summon servants of uh, historical figures that have existed uh, mm-hmm. to fight over the Holy Grail so they can get their wish. 
if they're the last one standing, uh, the servant and the the master get a wish, whatever the hell they want. Um, so I recommended Fate Zero, knowing that this is a prequel to uh, the Fate franchise called Fate Stay Night. Um, the reason I wanted you to watch Fate Zero before even touching Fate Stay Night is if you went into Fate Stay Night, you'd be even more confused than you, than you were now. <laughs> um, if you want to believe that or not. But essentially, we have three big families that are fighting over the Holy Grail. Uh, these three big families, we see them. They're the, the, the priests, I guess you can say. Um, you have... Um, the Einsburns, they're oh. fighting over it. And we have, uh, what's the third family? The guys with the crazy maggots and bugs and shit. Um, uh, I, I know what you're talking about, but yeah, I don't know the name. They, yo, they, they, I'm sorry, but their names are just too damn crazy to remember. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I had... Uh, There's uh, a lot of moving parts and a lot of different characters and a lot of shit happening at the same time. I, I understand that that's very confusing, um, and it's hard going into it without really knowing the franchise. Uh, and the franchise started off as a visual novel, uh, a PC visual novel game, and it turned into obviously the anime and the big franchise it is now. Um, and a lot of the stuff that you're probably confused about here is simply because they just didn't explain it like they did in, in the visual novel. Um, but these three families, these three main families, they created the Holy Grail themselves. Um, and they're constantly fighting over it because they essentially it was a game to them to, to, to create this holy relic and then fight over it. And whoever wins gets to make a wish. The problem is between the three families, they always won. But then they also had to include outsiders. And these outsiders came from the other classes like random people who control like caster and um writer these types of classes mm, yep uh these random people and they can't they don't want these random people to win the holy ground they always want it to be between the three of them um so fate zero takes place during the fourth war the fourth holy grail war so there's three before it um so the one we get in fate zero is the fourth one and what's happening here is the einsburns who um we see uh they hire the assassin Kiritsugu Emiya to win the Holy Grail for them. They hadn't won it in a long time and they want it. They desperately need it. Um and we have uh essentially his wife, um Ilya. It was it was Smith? Yeah. Yeah. And he has a daughter, of course, as well. Um, Einsville. Einsville, sorry. That's her name. Uh -huh. uh, so they hire him to win the Holy Grail War for them. Uh, we also have, obviously, the priests uh, and the Holy Church. They demand to win it. And we have the other family, which is, uh, again, the, the nasty yeah. bugs and stuff like that. Yeah. And we kind of know what their goals are. Uh, those guys want to win the Holy Grail because their leader wants to become immortal. He's a nasty, sick sack of shit who will torture and kill anybody to get what he wants. Um, 
But we find out that the priests have essentially rigged the system because the priests, they own uh, what's called the command seals. And mm-hmm. in the past, anybody who didn't use up their three command seals, each master gets three command seals. Um, those who lost in the war or died fighting without using their command seals, they're returned to somebody who has control of all those seals. Um, and each family has an important role when it comes to the overall Holy Grail War. The priests get to hold on to the command seals, and later on we find out what the um, the Einsburns are responsible for. It's a spoiler I'm not going to get into it right now. Um, so the priests have essentially rigged the system. Um, they've come up with a plan to win the Holy Grail War by essentially having two players on the same side and because they also have the command seals at their disposal, they also have the ability to provide sanctuary for anybody, any master who loses their servant. Uh, usually, once a servant is killed, the master is no longer able to participate. Well, he is able to participate because if the Holy Grail deems it deems them worthy, they can give them a new servant. Um, the only way they can fully leave the battlefield is if they use all three of their command seals or they die. Yeah. yeah. And that's what the big story halfway through the show is. Um, mm-hmm. So in order to summon the spirits, you have to have great magical power. There's mages, so they're mages. Um, yep. Essentially, that's really all you need to, to summon a spirit. What helps you get the spirits that you're looking for or the servants is if you have an artifact that belonged to them. Uh, it helps you gain their recognition um, and your loyalty to them. Um, and there's obviously multiple classes. There's the saber class, there's the writer class, archer, caster, which is the ma- magician ones, mm-hmm. assassin, berserker. Um, all these classes exist, but the three main powerful ones are saber, archer, mm-hmm. and caster. Those are the three that everybody always wants because they have the most powerful and the most heroic spirits that can join that class. Um, so obviously the three main families want those leaders. And we see that the, uh, the, the Kiritsugu Emiya is able to summon uh, the Saber class. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the priests in the church are able to summon the Archer class. Mm-hmm. Um, but Caster, <laughs> Caster isn't summoned right off the bat. Um, but we get, you know, we get Lancer and we get a um, Berserker. The, 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 the bug guys, they are able to summon Berserker, um, which is my favorite class personally. Um, the Black Knight. Yes. So they summon these characters or these servants and they have to fight. And they fight each other. The, the masters can fight each other. They can order the, the servants to kill the masters if, if they're able to find them. So it, it becomes like this big strategy fight. You mm-hmm. know, one can't survive without the other because the masters provide mana for the servants in order to continue fighting. It's almost like you look at it like an RPG in a way. You know, each servant has their ultimate attack, which is called a noble phantasm. Um, yep. And they also have passive skills if you want to really look at it. 
you know, we find out what Saber, her passive skill is she's able to automatically know how to ride any existing vehicle on the planet. Mm -hmm. uh, airplanes, motorcycles, boats, whatever you want. Uh, we find out with Lancer, his passive skill is he's charming and everybody falls in love with him right away. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and obviously, Assassin has the ability to go undetected by everybody. Uh, traps won't go off for them, essentially. Uh, so they all have their, their own passive skills. Um, so there's a lot going on. And there's this hatred also happening between Kiritsugu and one of the priests, uh, Kirie Kotomine. Yep. But we don't know what the real beef is between the two of them uh, until really later on. And it, it's... What I want to say is Nobody in the story is good. Everybody's a piece of shit. <laughs> um, when it comes to even a lot of the, the servants, they're not good people. And obviously none of the heroes are really good people. Um, but we have those two guys. We have um, a little boy who summons Ryder because he wants... Waver. Yeah, Waver. He, he summons Ryder, which is, I believe, the, 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 the character he summons, and I'll get to who he is... Uh, is probably one of the most powerful writers, uh, probably the most powerful writer class there is uh, of the characters. But obviously, Assassin gets summoned and Berserker gets summoned, like I said. Uh, but Caster, Caster is the one that Alfonso absolutely loves. That was his no, I character. don't. No, 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 no. I have a problem with him. I have a yeah, problem. Caster gets summoned on accident. Uh, essentially, there's a serial killer who's killing children. This is why I have the problem. This is why. <laughs> This, it's this, really this, messed this, up. Yeah, I should have warned you. I totally yes. forgot about it. Uh, but he's killing children, and with the sigils that he's creating, he's essentially just making up sigils and stuff. He somehow summons Castor. And Castor comes in, and who he summons is a very notorious serial killer, who I will talk about the true identity of. Um, but one of the big goals here is to not reveal your identity as a servant. So they go yeah. by nicknames or they go by the name of the class that they are. And the reason this is important mm -hmm. is because if they find out what their identity is, mm -hmm. they can determine exactly what their noble phantasm might be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They'll know their strategy and how to, how to defeat them. Um, so a lot of the, 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 the first two episodes, even maybe going into the third one, is a lot of background on the characters that are summoning these characters. It's laying out the groundwork for what's to come. Um, and, you know, the, the first real fight we get is Assassin trying to infiltrate um, essentially his own compound, and he's killed by Archer right away. So, Kiryu Kotomine, who is the master of Assassin, he takes sanctuary in the church, so nobody can kill him, nobody can touch him. They can't go in and attack the church. It's against the rules um but what we find out is because they rigged the system assassin isn't really dead because assassin is multiple people mm -hmm. uh he has dozens and dozens of different assassins and that's because of who assassin is and here i'll i'll spoil who assassin is if you guys didn't guess assassin in fate zero is the persian assassins that they're essentially the first assassins to ever exist um if you watch the Prince of Persia movie, you'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah. 
Um, yep. Essentially, the the name assassin came from these killers from Persia back during the Persian Empire, and there are multiple of them. They didn't have really a name. Um, there was one; it was a female, and people feared the shit out of her. And the female one is technically the leader of the assassins here. Um, so, assassin is not just one person in this case; it's multiple people in this case. Um, so he hides, but his servant isn't dead. So people assume that he's out of the game. Um, but the first big battle we have is Saber versus Lancer. Favorite um, battle. What was that? Favorite battle. I can't hear you. In terms of favorite battle, in terms of Oh, yeah. <laughs> in terms of servant, favorite battle. Yes, it was yes. one of my favorite battles, too. It was a good battle. And the, the thing about the battles in, in this show is they don't really last one episode. They carry on for like two, three episodes yeah. sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, Saber versus Lancer. They fight at a pier. Um, and at this point, uh, Kiritsugu Emiya, he is also, he's an assassin, essentially. His plan is to have Iris feel, essentially pretend to be Saber's master. Uh, while mm-hmm. he works in the shadows trying to find the master of the other servants to kill them, essentially giving him the upper hand. Mm-hmm. So he's there at the uh, the harbor along with his associate, which is a female character as well. Mm-hmm. They're there, and they are essentially scanning the field to see to try and find the master and see how everything plays out. Um, Lancer sets out a battle call. Uh, Saber's the, the the one and only one to answer it. And Lancer is a pretty awesome character here. Um, actually, throughout the franchise, Lancer has always been kind of a cool character. Um, but he's a guy who obviously has this beauty mark, and he realizes that Saber is immune to his beauty charm. It's one of her passive skills <laughs> um, to not be able to be charmed by anything. Um, but he fights with two spears, a gold one and a red one. Um, yes. And the fight is pretty cool. Uh, Saber has a sword that's also invisible. Uh, she uh-huh. shields it with wind magic, so you can't tell the length of her weapon. Uh, uh-huh. It's one of the cool strategies that she has. But her armor also repels magical attacks. Um, and Lancer has two different spears. And both of his spears uh, do two different things. One penetrates magic, and the other one curses you if it hits you. Mm -hmm. Um, So during this fight, um, he kind of determines who exactly Saber is. So he he finds out, and in order to return the honor of who she is, he tells her who he is. Yes, and that's why I love this so much. Because they, especially Lancer, he talks about honor. His master interrupted him. He's telling him, no, please let me finish this fight because it's like his code to see it through to the end. And that's he's why I like very, the fight so Yeah. Yeah, he's a very noble, noble knight. Yeah. Um, for those who don't know, um, his name is Drummond. He was a very old knight. Uh, he mostly fought with two twin swords, but he did use twin spears, which one was gold and one was red. Um, so a lot of the characters here, are, like I said, are based off historical figures. Uh, he was such a good 
warrior that they accounted at least 3,400 kills to his name. So he killed at least 3,400 people during the various wars that he was in. Um, and he was a charmer. He charmed a lot of people. So he was definitely based on a real-life person. Um, and he was a badass fighter as well, obviously. Uh, but yeah, so during this fight, um, Saber is kind of on the on the back foot, you know? Uh, and I should say, at this point, we find out that Saber is King Arthur, mm-hmm. um, who pretended to be a man because obviously women couldn't read at that time. They were nothing to anybody yeah. at that time. Uh, but she pretended to be a man and obviously everybody knows King Arthur. It's yeah. a big story, big legend, whatever you want to call it. Um, and obviously Saber is considered among all the fighters to be the most powerful. Um, this is, of course, until we find out who exactly Archer is. <laughs> um, but during the fight, uh, he's able to wound her. So she takes off her magical armor because he damaged the armor first and it wasn't able to heal properly. Um, because of the weapon that he used, it ignores magic. So she's permanently wounded there. But then he's, because she removes the armor to give her more movement and flexibility, he hits her with the other spear, the golden spear, which curses her. And she is no longer able to use her left arm properly. She can still use it, but it's very weakened. Mm -hmm. Um, And during this whole fight, in comes Ryder. Um, And Ryder, he doesn't care if people know who he is. He tells everybody straight up who he is (laughs) the moment he appears. (laughs) That's why I love Um, him so much. Yeah, Ryder is really cool. So Ryder is Alexander the Great. Yep. And King, uh, what does he call himself? King Um, of Conquerors. King of Conquerors, yes. He shows up and he tries to offer them to join him in his enormous army. Um, They clearly refuse. And mostly he kind of shows up to stop anybody from interfering in the fight. Mm -hmm. um, Because he wants to watch this fight. But that's not the case. Out of nowhere, here comes Archer. And Archer his smug ass. is the smuggest of the characters. He <laughs> is the king of kings, Triple H. And <laughs> yeah. God damn, he was so much. The king of kings oh. shows up, uh, fully decked out in golden armor. He calls everybody mongrels. Everybody's beneath him. Yep. Um, and as he appears, another one appears. And Berserker shows up. And Berserker is easily the most, in my opinion, interesting character uh, very early on. Because Berserker shows up because uh, the, the, the shitty family, yeah. uh, they essentially forced, he essentially forces his son uh, to participate in the war to save a little girl, to save this little girl's life because she's being groomed to become the next heir to the family because he abandoned the family. Uh, In order to groom her and expand her magical powers, essentially she's thrown into a pit with a bunch of fucking nasty bugs Mm -hmm. that consume her, they bite her, they chew on her, enter her body, all this nasty shit. It's a horrible family. Uh, And the same thing happens to him. Uh, 
in order to get him ready for the the Holy Grail War. He's only there to save her. Um, mm-hmm. And the more he uses his mana, the bugs consume him more and more. Um, but Berserker shows up, and he's this black knight who's obviously raging because that's what Berserkers do. They rage out. It's brawly, you know? Uh, Gilgamesh isn't happy. And Gilgamesh attacks him uh, only to have Berserker essentially survive the attack. And we find out how exactly he did that. And we learn um, Berserker's noble phantasm, which is his ultimate move. And he constantly has it activated all the time. He never stops. And what his noble phantasm is, is anything he touches turns into a weapon for him. So essentially what he did is he grabbed um, Archer's weapon that he threw at him and he turned it into a weapon of his own and destroyed the second one. And the way Archer fights is very cowardly, in my opinion. He just stands around and a bunch of portals open up and random weapons start flying out of those portals. Yep. Um, He never actually fights himself. He never gets his hands dirty. He's he's an asshole. Um, So Berserker's pissed and he obviously attacks Gilgamesh, but then he notices Saber on the field, and somehow against all orders he attacks Saber. And we don't know why he hates Saber. We do later on. Um, And as he's fighting Saber, Lancer stops him to try to help her because he's a noble knight. He wants a fair fight. Uh, His master, though, uses a command seal to force him to join forces with Berserker to kill Saber. Because like Mm -hmm. I said, everybody knows how dangerous Saber can be. It's known as the most powerful class. Um, So he has to, because he has to obey the command seal. Uh, Archer is also forced to retreat because of the command seal used on him as well. So he is angry. He curses the guy. He's like, how dare you? You're nothing to me. But he's forced to leave because they have to obey the command seals. They don't have a choice. So Mm -hmm. he leaves the battlefield. Um, and then Ryder with his massive steed and chariot knocks Berserker out and Berserker is hurt enough that he has to leave the battlefield as well uh, leaving Glancer to essentially fend for himself and they also have to retreat at this point um, I did forget to mention that Kiritsugu here notices that Assassin is still mm-hmm. alive yep and Assassin is surveying the entire battlefield. And essentially, this is what Kotomine is doing. He is assessing everybody's potential, everybody's weapon, uh, fighting styles, uh, who their servants are. He's trying to determine what everybody is capable of. Um, so, yeah. Um, and, and we get a lot of downtime going forward. Um, you know, a uh, 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 small, I won't say small, but essentially Caster's misdeeds have become so bad because he's constantly, all these children I are constantly disappearing. This, Nick, I hate him. I hate <laughs> him with a passion. You know, this bothers me so much. Not so much Caster <laughs> because I get it. He's a, he's evil. Like, he's he's doing all these, like, he needs these sacrifices to Make his magic stronger. I get him. 
it's this fucking master that pissed me off. He finds this to be cool. How is this cool? This well, he's is, a serial killer, man. I know, but this is this is cruel and messed up in so many ways. And for him to find out that this is acceptable, I was like, in my mind, before it actually happened, I was like, I hope he goes out first. I hope he dies <laughs> first. I couldn't stand him. I couldn't stand his back. Whatever his master name was. Um, Kiris, 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 yeah. I couldn't stand him with a passion. Yeah, but go on. Yeah, so actually, before Castor, I forgot. Uh, Kiritsugu uh, decides to kill decides to kill Lancer's master uh, yeah. because that's what he does. He he eliminates people. He knows he can't fight the the servants; they're too powerful. So he mm-hmm. tries to kill his master by blowing up the entire building that he's in. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, the whole building is evacuated, uh, but he knows that he's not going to leave because he knows that somebody's trying to attack him. So he blows up the entire building. Um, thinking that he's dead. Uh, but at this point, uh, Kotomine is also there, and he is trying to find Kirutsugu, but he encounters uh, his partner, the, the woman. Yeah. Um, and he is very close to killing her. He's a killer himself. I believe they call him the mage killer. Um, mm-hmm. Or no, Kirutsugu is called the mage killer. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. But he fights with like these three or four blades from his hands mm-hmm, that he, mm-hmm. he he's able to throw them. He, he's super powerful, very quick character. Um, and he is saved by Kuritsugu with a smoke bomb. She's saved, I should say. Um, but after that, you know, we find out Caster doesn't really care about the Holy Grail War. Nope. Um, but he notices during the fight because he has a magic ball, yep. uh, saber. And he feels like he knows who she is. He recognizes her. Uh, so he goes and encounters her on the highway, and he believes that she's Joan of Arc, uh, yeah. his beloved. And it's here where we also learn who Castor is. He went by the name Bluebeard as his nickname, because uh-huh. he obviously did But he tells her who he is. And who he is is uh, Gaius de Reyes. And he was um, a knight and the Lord of Brittany. Uh, he was a French army leader and the companion and arms to Joan of Arc. So he was a good friend to her. Uh, he was later convicted, murder. Uh, well, convicted. He also confessed to being a serial killer of children in real life. Um, so he was a terrible person. But he was companions to Joan of Arc, and she didn't know who he was behind the scenes, but this is who he was. Uh, but he believes Saber is Joan of Arc, and he refuses to believe anything else. So they fight, um, but he's able to retreat. He, he runs away, um, and he decides that he's going to make an offering for her by killing more children. <laughs> and... The church, who is essentially in charge of the Holy Grail all this time, decides that he's too dangerous and he's risking exposing the Holy Grail war to the whole world. So they essentially put a ceasefire on all the servants and essentially put a bounty on Castor and his master uh, Mm -hmm. to kill them. And the person who kills them will either regain a command seal that they've used or gain a fourth one. 
Um, mm. cause you get three. Um, that's the reward for killing Castor and his master. Um, but nobody really follows this, uh, except for Ryder. He wants it. Well, not Ryder, his master does. Um, but we fast forward a little bit to Kiritsugu's mansion and their base of operations. Um, they're essentially coming up with a plan and they know that somebody is going to attack them in their home. They believe is going to be um, Kotomine or uh, Lancer's master, who we find out survives in this crazy liquid sphere. He survived in the sphere and it is a weapon that he uses um, essentially through, I believe, his magic. He's able to control yep. this liquid metal that is able to block and deflect everything. It's mm -hmm. a very powerful thing. So, Castor comes to the mansion and he essentially demands Saber come out um, or he's going to kill all these children. He starts to play hide and seek, seek with all these children. Um, and if he finds them, he's going to kill them. So, she goes out to fight Castor only to find out he's already killed all the children and or he's turned them into monsters and weapons for himself. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, so they start doing battle and he starts summoning these demons, these crazy starfish looking things. Mm -hmm. um, so they fight, they fight, and they're not able to really do much of anything. Lancer shows up uh, because of the bounty on um, Castor. Castor's head and he, because his master wants to regain the command seal that he was ordering Lancer to kill Saber. Um, but he also goes after Kirutsugu. And they do battle in the mansion, and their battle is actually pretty cool because oh, he's man. using this liquid metal to like destroy the whole mansion, and Kiritsugu is running away and fighting. And we find out what his uh, magical ability is. Kiritsugu, he's able to slow down time and move faster. Uh, mm -hmm. It puts a massive strain on his heart, but he is nonetheless able to do it. Um, so he's able to essentially run around and evade his attacks while Lancer decides to join up with Saber in order to kill Caster. Um, but they're not making any headway, because every time they kill these things, they just multiply and come back to life. And that is because Caster has one of the most powerful noble phantasms. He has a book that gives him infinite yep. mana. He's essentially like the androids, if you want to think of it that way. Yep. Um, just infinite mana, so he can constantly keep summoning these things. He never runs out of energy. And essentially, he's just tiring them out. So they decided this is the only way. Saber can kill Caster if she had access to her left arm, but because of the curse, she can't. And the only way to live that curse is to either kill Lancer or destroy the golden spear that he has. Mm -hmm. So the battle there is going on, and the battle in the mansion is happening. While Iris Veal is escaping, they find out that Kotomine is also coming to the mansion to kill Kiritsugu. Um, they decide that she's going to fight him with uh, the other woman uh, mm -hmm. to try essentially to kill him because they know that he's the most dangerous of all the masters coming after him. And instead of running away, they're going to try to try to stop him. So there's three battles going on at the same time here. Um, so Kiritsugu knows that no bullet is going to penetrate this liquid metal that he has. But he has an ape's ace up his sleeve, and it's these bullets that are made out of his own bones. And 
we learn about this a little bit later, so, but I'm going to explain it here now. Essentially, anybody who uses magic has magic connectors inside their body, um, which means that his bones are essentially magically charged. So these bullets were made from his ribs. Uh, I believe they said 60 bullets were made in total. And what it does is anytime that bullet hits anybody who uses magic, it destroys that person's um, magic strings, I guess you can say, inside their body. It it misfires their, their magic strands, which makes their magic useless. It destroys their ability to ever use magic again. Um, it's essentially an anti-magic bullet. And he uses... What was that? When I saw this, Mm -hmm. I said, this reminds me of Supernatural and the damn cult. The cult? (laughs) (laughs) All I was thinking was, oh my god, (laughs) this is such a plot hacks. (laughs) Plot hacks? (laughs) Anti-magic magic. Um, I will so counter he... your magic with my anti-magic gun. <laughs> That's what he does. He shoots this bolt and it goes through the liquid metal because the liquid metal is magic and it hits the dude in the shoulder. Um, and he's severely wounded. He's bleeding. He's But but it, it, he's still able to use magic to a point. Um, but yeah. he now knows that how to stop it. He needs to put a bigger barrier around it and try to stop it. Um, at this point, though, um, the fight with caster uh, is intensifying and they've come up with a plan and the plan is to use um lancer's uh weapon his red spear that goes through magic to essentially destroy caster's noble phantasm um and it's successful you know he goes in he chops off a piece of the book or he chops it um which slows him down it doesn't destroy the noble phantasm but it weakens him where he's not able to regenerate it for a few moments, and he decides to retreat. Um, so Castor takes off, and during this time also, uh, Kiritsugu is able to essentially shoot his gun at um, Archibald, is his name. Um, mm-hmm. Once again, he believes he, if he can put up a bigger shield, that the bullet won't penetrate By the his way, liquid metal. Yes. Um I watch some. I watch a YouTuber who has a character named that. So anytime Archibald was on screen, all I could think was Pro Pro ZD. <laughs> yeah. God damn it, then. <laughs> and he's like, uh, like I don't know if you've ever watched any of his videos. He's, he does like anime like skits and stuff like that. Like, um, nice. He did a joke one for Gacha Games at one point where he's like. Man, I got this new SR Archibald, but oh look, the new SSR Archibald is out. But oh, the new SSR Archibald with a hat is out next week. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Did you log Ah. in for your New Year's Eve, Archibald? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Ben. Um, But quickly moving on then. Um... So yeah, so he's able to shoot him again. It goes through his shield and it hits him again. This time hitting him in the chest and causing a fatally mortal wound. Um, He falls over. He's in so much pain. Just giant pile of blood. And Saber, instead of finishing off Lancer because of her noble knightness, allows Lancer to go to her master's aid. 
Um, Lancer comes, and instead of carrying Kurutsugu, he decides just to take Archibald and leave. Uh, and again, because of Saber's honor and the, you know, the, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? The respect, I guess, they have for each other. Yeah. Um, which comes back around, uh, and we'll talk about it here coming up. But yeah, so, so that all happens. And then uh, Iris Feel and uh, the woman, they, they try to fight Kotamine. But they find out he's just too powerful. Um, <laughs> I don't like Iris. Though she did put up a good fight with the little string magic that she was doing. I like mm-hmm. that. I mean, but yeah. it, it didn't do much. It didn't do much. He's super powerful, um, and he stabs her, and we assume that she dies, um, but she doesn't. She's able to heal, and the reason she's able to heal is because of the artifact that was used to summon Saber is a powerful healing artifact. And anybody who possesses this while near Saber has their wounds instantly healed. It's also how Irisville was able to heal Saber every time she got hurt during battles. Um, And it also helped hide the fact that, okay, Irisville is Saber's master because she's able to provide mana for her. But instead of mana, she was actually providing heals. Um, it was a very good trick and ruse that they put up. Um, but we fast forward a little bit, and Ryder uh, he discovers Caster's um, hideout. Caster's mm-hmm. not there. Neither is his master. Um, unfortunately, they find dozens and dozens of murdered children. Um, and it's sad, very sad. Uh, but he decides to destroy the lair. So, you know, because it's just a gruesome sight. So he burns it down. Um, Castor comes back with his master. They're pissed off because all their hard work and art has been destroyed. <laughs> and Castor decides that he's going to create essentially a tower to reach God because he hates God or he wants to, well, he doesn't hate God. No, he he just doesn't think God gives a shit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Until his master convince him that God is great, that these type of things are are existing in the world Mm because God is watching. Yeah. So he heads out the hell um sorry anyways um sorry the doorbell was ringing so he goes out and he's essentially planning to create a monstrosity that's going to able to reach god um so What's happening now is everybody in the world is kind of seeing this big purple mist starting to appear on this river, right? Mm -hmm. And what it's essentially doing is normal people are starting to see something that they're not supposed to be seeing because the Holy Grail War is supposed to be hidden from normal eyes. Um, So Saber and Ryder appear at the same time at the river, and they essentially decide, we have to stop this thing. Uh, He essentially creates this giant Cthulhu tentacle monster 
um, to essentially destroy everything <laughs> is what the goal is here. Um, and so they team up, and Lancer comes to help as well. Um, oh, shit, I totally forgot about this. Um, so before this, um, Archibald, we find out, is no longer able to use magic. All the mana is gone. Uh, so his wife, who is supposed to be providing healing for him and Lancer, she essentially tortures him into giving the command seals to her so she becomes Lancer's new master. Uh-huh. Which he does, but Lancer refuses to see her as the new master because of his loyalty and the bond that he promised Archibald. Um, but eventually she's able to convince him. And he goes in order to regain the command seal again because the command seal is very important. Um, so he goes in, so it's the three of them. And essentially their plan is to damage Caster, who has essentially gone inside this giant monstrosity that he's created, essentially to pierce it enough where Lancer can kill him with his uh, golden spear, the cursed spear. Um, so they go out and they try to fight. And they're fighting and they're fighting. And they're just not making any headway because he is just constantly regenerating every damage that they do to him. Um, at this point, um, Gilgamesh shows up, and and he's on his little plane. He has his own little ship, um, and his master asks him to use his noble phantasm to kill Castor. Um, and his plan is essentially to also regain the command seal that he lost. Um, and we find out that the whole point of killing Caster now is not because he's committing monstrosities. It's to help him regain the command seal he lost when he ordered Gilgamesh to retreat. Um, which is bullshit. Like, they didn't care about the people dying. It was just to regain that command seal to kill Caster. Gilgamesh refuses at first, but because of essentially the the pact that they made he uses two weapons to shoot at caster that did literally no damage to him because he regenerated and he's like i already just because of our pact i used two of my weapons that i don't even want to see again because they're they touched him yeah and he's disgusting and he refuses he wants to leave Um, but he's trying to make him so smug it's like you disobey your master. You're supposed to have this 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 bond, this pact with your master. And but he's, he's really running you. It. Yeah, he's convincing you to help defeat Catholic because so far in this in right now, as of right now, Archer is the strongest one out of the servants. As of right mm-hmm. in this moment right now, Archer is the strongest one. And he disobeyed his master? I was like, yo, this fucking asshole. <laughs> like, I hate him so much. I hate him as much as I hate Casper. I <laughs> I don't like him at all. I was like, oh, God. But go on, yeah. See, I kind of liked him. <laughs> you like Gilgamesh? Or, goddammit, okay, I ruined his name. I'm sorry. Well, they kind of talk. <laughs> he he yeah. doesn't care. People know his name. Yeah, uh, he's essentially know. Gilgamesh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The king of kings is Gilgamesh. So. Yeah, I, and which made sense because yeah, 
I only know Gilgamesh from Final Fantasy and his love of collecting swords and trinkets. Yeah. And chickens. <laughs> and chick we didn't see a chicken here, unfortunately. It would have been cool though. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, but no, I didn't mind Gilgamesh to be honest. I, I, you know, it was a, it wasn't the best character, but it was different than the others, so that's why I liked it. Continue, Ben, please. <laughs> I mean, yeah, as I said, I I liked him because he was different. To, it was a strike contrast to the other two, which were very like noble and honor bound. While he's just like, I love myself. I'm the best because I'm me. And look at my shiny gold weapons and stuff. And yeah, I I, I don't know. I just liked him because of that. It was a nice <laughs> strike contrast. That's fine. Um, I hated him. Mostly because of future stuff, um, which we'll get into. Maybe. But anyways, yeah, he decides he's going to leave. Um, and his master is trying to convince him because, hey, we don't want the world to see what's happening, you know, because they have to keep this hidden. If the world finds out, you know, it can ruin everything. Um, and um, typical rich he wants people him, hiding he, he believe, their magical artifacts. Yeah, he believes Gilgamesh's noble phantasm is the only one who can actually destroy Castor. Uh, and we find out that that is actually the case, but he refuses. Uh, and during this whole time, we see two fighter jets come in. Uh, one of them is destroyed by Caster, and the other one is going into attack Caster. And ho and behold, Berserker returns. Mm -hmm. Berserker, because he turns everything he touches into a weapon, turns the, the fighter jet into a weapon. And he goes after Gilgamesh again. This is my second uh, favorite battle. Yeah, so there's this crazy aerial battle now between Gilgamesh and Berserker, who's trying to kill him. Gilgamesh is just laughing at him, calling him a mad dog, which he does a lot. And he is. He's rabid. It's a Berserker. He's a rabid character. Um, he's trying to destroy him, you know, and they have this crazy aerial battle. Um, but it's also here where uh, Berserker's master encounters archer's master and we find out that they obviously have a connection and the girl that berserker's master is trying to save is actually the daughter of archer's yeah. master yeah. and he gave her up to this family this terrible family because in his family um only one family member can inherit the house and the other one will be forced to live in poverty. What kind of shit is that? Yeah, I don't know. Fuck the, yeah, fuck it's terrible, but yeah. it is what it is. Mm -hmm. um, and we learned this, uh, and there was a, a little backstory episode where we got of Rin, who is uh, Archer's Master's daughter. And, you know, she, in this short episode, or not short episode, this little side story, uh, her friend goes missing and she tries to find out where her friend is and we find out that it's caster's masters who will ring the children away um essentially to murder them yeah and and because she has magic power of her own she was able to stop him and save her friend um and she becomes important later on mm -hmm. but um 
but yeah, uh, so he decides to keep her because she has more magical power than her sister does. And he gave up his sister to this horrible, horrible family, uh, not to have her live in poverty, but so she can still have power, magical power, um, even though it's a terrible way of doing it. And he's pissed uh, because he was friends with them. He loved the the, the two girls, the sisters, um, and he wants to kill him for what he did. Um, Archer's master, of course, mana-wise, is the most powerful one. Uh, he has the most magic power, and he creates this illusional field or this magical field to stop uh, Berserker's masters from essentially throwing bugs at him. <laughs> um, these bugs came out from his body and around him and turned into flying bugs, and he just threw them at him, and they kept dying, and as he kept doing it, it kept killing him because these bugs continuously drain away his life force. Um, Kotomine shows up, and he is there to essentially help his master, who is also um, Archer's master as well. He's like his disciple. Kotomine is. Yeah. Which we should say that they in the background have been talking behind his back, Archer's real master's back. Because yes. um, even though his his servant is assassin, and he kind of kind of teaming up with Archer because he wants the grill because of how he feels he has this purpose that he doesn't know the answer to. And Archer is kind of convincing him to play along to get what he wants. You know, mm-hmm. well, yeah, it, but it doesn't really come clear yet into the second part of the story. But go on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, his name is, uh, what's his name? Tokomone. Tokimo- yeah. Tokiomi. Sorry. Tokiomi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're fighting. Um, and essentially, Tokiomi sets um, Kiria, is his name, the Berserker Master. Uh, he sets him on fire. Um and he falls off the roof of a building, uh, but he survives. And Kotomine finds him, and instead of killing him, he decides to save his life and take him back to his family home. He's unconscious, obviously. Um, but during this whole fight, uh, Berserker notices Saber again and goes straight after Saber, abandoning his fight with Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh gets pissed. Uh, and tries to go after Berserker, and Berserker essentially shoots out anti-flares, or, you know, those things that they use to uh, stop the missiles from hitting him, and it completely destroys Gilgamesh's ship. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And at this point, um, Kiritsugu, uh, at this point, kills Castor's master, who's standing on a bridge, essentially cheering on what's happening. I was Um, so happy. So happy. I was like, yes, I'm glad he was the first one gone. <laughs> and, and, but the fucked up thing about it is that he gets shot. And he doesn't know what's happening. And then he looks down. And he sees that it's his own blood. And he says to himself that, oh, this was destiny. This is the face. This was the real, like, experience that I needed to feel. I was like, how can you think that way? I was like, please put this thing out of his misery. <laughs> he finally <laughs> put a bullet in his head and he was gone. And I was happy. 
But this this didn't make Caster happy. No, this did not make Caster. No. was pissed. Yeah, and usually what happens is once the master dies, the servant dies as well. But because Caster is able to regenerate his own mana with yeah. his noble phantasm, he ain't dying. And they find out that if Caster reaches the mainland from the, the river area, that he will just consume people to keep himself in this world. Um, yeah. And they won't be able to stop him. So they and that regroup. was his gift to his master. To be the yep. coolest thing he ever did. Sorry, but the way he said <laughs> cool was just funny to me. But yeah. Yeah, so they regroup and essentially Ryder decides that he's going to use his noble phantasm. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, another thing I forgot. Um, there was an episode where Ryder, uh, Archer, and Saber were having drinks in that a garden. That was so funny. So funny. And they're essentially talking about their backstory and who's really a king and who isn't. Um, and Saber, Ryder essentially tells her that she's not a king and that she's a terrible leader because she saved her people, but she never led her people. And this is why Britain fell into ruin because she saved them but she didn't teach them how to lead the country after she was gone and he essentially tells her that oh and gilgamesh agrees that if you're going to be a king you have to be selfish and you're always going to be alone you can't have any friends and you have to make terrible decisions that's the only way people are going to respect you um and it was at this point where assassin attacked and the only reason the decision to use assassin to attack them now was to find out what Ryder's noble phantasm yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was the only one that was hidden and they just didn't know because they know how powerful Ryder was as Alexander the Great, but they just didn't know what his noble phantasm was. Um, so the choice was made to sacrifice assassin and remove Kotamine uh, from the Holy Grail War only to find out what his noble phantasm was. Which we saw. And his noble phantasm is actually very powerful. He essentially teleports you into a different dimension, a marble, as they call it, um, which is this desert land. And essentially, he uses his entire army to attack you, mm-hmm. which is millions of soldiers just come in and just decimate you, uh, along with him, and wipes out assassin easily. Um, and the main assassin, which is the female one that leads them, she already knew what was coming, and she just kind of stood there and let it happen, while the other one's trying to run away. Um, but it was revealed what the noble phantasm was, which plays a big role in the last two episodes of the show when Ryder fights his last enemy. Um, but which I just found funny in that, that episode, because Gamma just is sit, still sitting on the floor, didn't even move. Like, okay, hey, I hate him. He don't he, care, man. He's staring there, he's just looking, smiling, saying, oh my god. Well, I think it also helped that he knew that Assassin was aligned with them. So he knew they weren't there to attack him. Yeah. And I think it helped him know what Ryder's noble phantasm is as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because he earned his respect right away once he knew what it was. Yeah. And 
So Ryder decides against Caster that he's going to take Caster into his realm. But he knows even though he has millions of soldiers under his command, they're still not going to be able to kill Caster. They won't be able to stop his super fast regenerative ability. So as he takes it into the marble, just so he doesn't reach the, the, the mainland, he leaves Saber and the Lancer to come up with a plan to kill him, to kill Caster while he's gone. But he can only do it for a very short amount of time because of how powerful Castor is. He can't keep him in that space for too long. Um, so it's Kiritsugu then is the one who reaches out to them. And he reaches out to Waver. Yes, Waver. Um, and he essentially passes on the message to have um, Ryder drop Castor off in a specific point on the ocean. After he shoots a flare, that's where he wants Caster to drop. And he leaves a subtle message to tell Lancer that um, Saber's noble phantasm is, uh, what did he call it? A Like a tank buster, <sighs> temple buster? I think it was temple buster, wasn't it? Something like that? It was something like that, yeah. It was super powerful. And she can only use it with her left arm. <laughs> Essentially convincing Lancer to destroy his gold spear and release the curse that she's under. Um, which he does. And she's not happy about it because she's noble. You know, she wants the duel to end the way it has been Started, going. Yeah. Yeah. But he does just so Sabre can kill Castor. Um, so the plan comes into effect. But, but here is Berserker again. Berserker starts chasing her not letting her prepare her noble phantasm, just bombarding her. He's angry. He's pissed. Um, so Lancer decides to interfere. Lancer comes up onto the ship. I actually don't remember how he landed on the sh on, on the flying fucking jet fighter, but he did. Um, he has and the power he knocked... of jumping, I think. That's <laughs> the power of jumping. He's a dragoon. <laughs> And because of his red spear that destroys magic, he is able to destroy the ship and Berserker essentially just falls into the ocean or into the river. Mm -hmm. um, so the signal is given by Kiritsugu. Um, Ryder drops Castro off on this, in the middle of the, of the river, right in front of the gate, or not in front of the, or right in front of the bridge where Gilgamesh is watching and Ryder, drained completely of his mana now, um, they're watching and Saber is now preparing to do her Noble Phantasm. Um, and we see that her Noble Phantasm is essentially the power of Excalibur. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a giant golden light strike that can destroy everything in its path. Um, and Gilgamesh, instead of helping her, he's like, I'm going to watch and see if you're worthy of being a king. Because <laughs> he's an asshole like that. Yeah, um, no, I hate him. So <laughs> um, and she does. She blasts Caster with this attack, which rips a hole in all his defense. And Caster believes that this golden light is Joan of Arc. And we see Joan of Arc for a brief second. Um, and she essentially reaches out her hand out to him, and he accepts it and 
he's wiped out by the attack. Boom, Caster's dead. It's over. Uh, um, my Gilgamesh, interest went down. My interest <laughs> went down. <laughs> Gilgamesh turns to Ryder and is like, do you see it now? Do you respect her as a king now? And he still refused. He refused. He, he accepted her power, but he refused to accept her as a king. Um, and essentially, he says, "You can kill me now if you want. I I'll still put up a fight." And Gilgamesh is like, "No, I want to fight you at your full power," because he's super drained. Because his noble phantasm takes a lot of energy out of him. Um, so in a way, Ca- Archer does have some honor. He wants to defeat people at their very best. Um, so he leaves. Everybody leaves. Um, and I want to kind of stop here for a second. And up to this point, just your guys' thoughts. Ben. Okay, it started off slow. This is essentially like the end of the first season. Yeah. It felt yeah. really slow at the start, like the first few episodes, mm-hmm. which I guess I can understand because you're making plot, blah, blah, blah. But I really loved the fight scenes. It, to me, be honest, my interest really just started kicking off once. We saw Caster and we had the fight between Lancer and um, yeah. Saber. Saber. I feel like that was the point where I was actually invested in the anime. Before that, I don't remember anything. Oh, oh and <laughs> Ryder. Ryder is is the best. So. Ryder. Everybody loves Ryder. Yeah. I love Ryder. <laughs> He's a bully. You see how he'd be smacking Waver in the head and how he'd be pushing him? Yeah, but he was He's trying to smacked. give him some self-respect, man. Know, he doesn't respect I himself. I know. I, but it's uh, to be funny. honest, it's... after the last anime, I was totally expecting Ryder just to be like, and I'm also the Monkey King. I don't know. It was design. I was expecting him to t- turn out to be yeah the the Monkey King as well after our re- most recent anime, because yeah. of the two animes, he looks what I picture the most like the Monkey King. But no, I enjoyed, I enjoyed everything, especially Caster. I love Caster. I don't know. I like enemies that are just weird and twisted and just want violence for violence. Yeah, no problem yeah. With that. I have What's no that? problem with it being weird and the violence, but the kids, yo, that's fuck the kids was creepy, up. but that's especially, why he was especially uh. when he first was introduced, and he's telling and he's telling the kid that everything will be okay, and you can go, and the kid walks out, and he's then looking at the door. There's a, there's a freedom, and they all you see these weird purple tentacles is grabbing. And, and, it's a good thing uh, Shannon wasn't watching with you. She'd hate me even more. <laughs> I was like, no. What is it with no. Gary murdering children? No, I don't like this. Honestly, Gary, and I can say this, I was going to rate this very poorly because of that shit. I was. <laughs> I was, but because of the fight between Lancer and Archer. And then their honor, and their and their beliefs, Same and their the nobility of how they want things done correct the right way. That's like okay, I can look past Caster and that asshole of a serial killer. I can look past it. I can even look past against Archer because I hate him even more. But Berserker, 
you know right is my favorite. Berserker, when you first, when you first, when they first did the slow-mo, when he grabbed the first sword, and he was mm -hmm. reflecting all the other swords back, and Archer was pissed, I was like, okay, I would change my mind on, on the point system, because that was badass. That mm -hmm. was badass. And obviously, I love that the servers are not the only one fighting. You have the mages fighting as well. You have the masters fighting as well. And that made it interesting because obviously the servants have the more power. They can, you depend on them to win the grail. It obviously seemed that's not the case. The mages and the masters also play a big part. Yes, I'm kind of, kind of, I have a problem that Wavered can't, doesn't really do much. Obviously, yes, you can see it based on personality appearance, he's not going to do much. And he's more smart-wise than battle-wise. But not including him, the other mages, those battles were crazy. In terms of season one, those battles were crazy. That's, like I said, the gun. It reminds me of the cult of Supernatural. I love that. I love his gun. I don't love the way how he got it. I like, that's fucked up. I mean, and we will get to that. That's fucked up, but those are some crazy bullets. Those are crazy mm -hmm. bullets, and yeah, it's 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 so damn good, so damn good, <laughs> so good. All right, yeah. So season. yeah, go on. so so we pick up now with um, Lancer, um, essentially leaving the battlefield, um, and he is searching for um, his new master, Archibald's wife. We find out that Archibald's wife is attacked by uh, Kirutsugu's companion, mm -hmm. and her hand is cut off, so she's not able to summon Lancer with her command seals, um, mm -hmm. which is essentially stopping the flow of mana to him as well. Um, they leave the hand, but they take her. Um, actually, no. Did they take the hand? I don't remember now. I thought they shot the I hand. Think... Yeah, they shot. Yeah, they shot the head. Because she was the hand. Yeah, yeah, they shot it. Yeah. Okay. Um, but Archibald, he doesn't know this. Uh, and he is in the church, uh, asking for the command seal to be returned to him, because, or all the command seals to be returned to him, because Lancer, he believes that Lancer is the one who killed Caster, or the fact that if it wasn't for him. Caster would not be killed, which is true. If Lancer did not destroy his spear, yeah. Saber wouldn't be able to kill Caster. Um, the head of the church at this point is Riza, who is the father of Kotamine. Um, mm -hmm. He agrees with Archibald and returns the, the command seals to him and adds the third one that he had lost, um, giving him the victory uh, of defeating Caster. As he does this, Archibald shoots him in the back and kills him. Um, and leaves. Kotamine then returns and finds that his father is dead. Uh -huh. um, and obviously he looks upset, but we'll get to what he's actually feeling here in a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But we pick up with Kotamine angry at Lancer because they can't find... I believe her name is Rose. Um, yeah. I'm not I'm sure. Um, and that he's failed. He's constantly belittling Lancer, just yep. making him feel like shit all the time. He's a and terrible is, master. 
And Lance is like pleading with him that this is not his fault. And if I was there, I would have protected him. So that's like, that's why I like Lance so much. He's so humble and noble. But it's like, why are you why are you pleading with this dick? He treats you like a like dirt. Like, fuck this nigga. Like <laughs> uh, yeah, so um here comes Saber. Saber shows up to essentially finish their duel. Um they've both used up a lot of magic, and we throughout this whole point also find out that Iris Veal is slowly losing power. Yeah. She loses mm-hmm. her ability to essentially um, move her hands or grab onto anything. She's slowly losing energy. Um, mm-hmm. But she's still there. So Saber decides to fight Lancer. Um, and as they start their fight again, Lancer notices that she's not using her left hand properly. And she essentially tells him, I won't do it because this is how our fight should be. Um, and she's refusing. She's re- essentially handicapping herself for the fight. Yeah. Uh, and in a way, Lancer's handicapped too because he only has access to one spear now. He no longer has a second spear. Um, but as this fight is happening, um, Kirutsugu shows up and throws a note to Archibald, essentially telling him that he will not kill him or Rose as long as they forfeit their command seals, leave the war, and unfortunately give the command for Lancer to kill himself. Mm-hmm. Which he does. He gives into the demands and Lancer stabs himself with a spear and he is furious. Yeah, he pissed because he, he and he blames Saber. It's like he blames Saber because she, yeah, she let it happen. Obviously, she didn't know what the plan was. Um, but she's not obviously she can't stop her master. Um, so yeah. he's sitting there with a spear in his body. He's furious. He's cussing her out. He's cussing them out. He's cursing them that they have no honor. That he hopes mm-hmm. that the Grail is cursed and their wish yeah. never comes true. Um, and you feel bad. I, I felt I horrible because Lancer was it. such a great character. Yes, I was not. Yo, my 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 I I I was speechless when I saw that. I was like, who did I thought that he got shot? But the mm-hmm. way that, that they show the angle, I thought he got shot or someone else stabbed him. But to see that he stabbed himself, I was like, oh, this nigga is wrong. I'm like, yes, I know the whole game of it is to win. But uh, come on, I was hoping he would have did it honorably. Like, okay, he died by Saber, blah, blah, blah. Like, first of all, that thing is a coward. The, the dude that Archibald, coward. Like, I don't care. I, I don't care. I, I tell those cards that, yes, you, you're trying to save your life, you're trying to save your wife. I get that. But that's still cowardly. Like, in my, ma- in my mind, personally, I would have went out like a man. That's just me personally. That's the power. Yeah. That's a that, that's cowardly. That's a dick move. And what happened anyway? Go on, guys. What happened anyway? Yeah, it was it was really sad. He definitely didn't deserve to go out the way he did. Um, but it is what it is, and that's how Kiritsugu. This is how he wins. He has to win at any cost. And this is what we learn about this war: is like you have to win at any cost, and you have to use the most dirtiest tricks imaginable. Um, 
And even though this blood contract was signed, Kiritsugu can't kill him, but well, his okay. yeah, his associate. And yeah. his associate essentially murders the two of them by yep. repeatedly blasting them with sniper rounds. Yep. Kills Archibald and kills his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and Saber is even more furious. She doesn't understand why he's doing these tactics. Um, and Iris Field essentially tells him to tell her why he's the way he is. And he explains to her that you have to win this war at any means necessary. And this is where we find out that even though the servant dies, the master, if he still has command seals, the Holy Grail can deem them worthy enough to gain yeah. another servant as the war still goes on. Mm-hmm. And he essentially tells her, you have to kill them both. Otherwise, the war will never end. Saber, obviously, is still not happy or anything, but Kiritsugu leaves and Iris Veiled collapses. Um, and we cut to Kotomine. And Kotomine is essentially having a conversation with Gilgamesh. And they are essentially in cahoots now. Because mm-hmm. Kotomine, though he lost Assassin, the Holy Grail deemed him worthy enough to keep his command seals. So even though he was out of the war, command seals came back to him. Um, and his whole thing is that he doesn't have a wish. He doesn't feel any joy. He doesn't feel anything. And we find out why he doesn't feel anything. He is a sociopath. (laughs) Um, He's a psychopath. He has no feelings. He has no emotion. Um, And we find out that he was happy that his father was died and that he was actually mad. Well, he wasn't He was mad that he wasn't able to kill him himself. Mm Mm-hmm. But what his dad also did was leave the magic spell to gain all the command seals that were never used that he carried on his body to whoever cast the spell. So Kotomine cast the spell on himself. He gains all the excess command seals from past wars. Um, Gilgamesh betrays Tokoyomi his master, in order to side with Kotomine because he needs a new servant. Kotomine goes to Tokiomi. Well, not at this point. Essentially, Tokiomi first decides that he wants to make a pact with Saber and Irisville in order to defeat Berserker and Ryder and then deal with each other afterwards. Uh, they come to this agreement, but only if Kotomine leaves the city and never comes back to fight Kiritsugu because he has a grudge against him. Um, we find out Tokiomi didn't know about this grudge and why he hates him, uh, but he agrees to the terms and he tells him, hey, you have to leave, get on a plane, whatever. And in their last meeting, he essentially leaves a will saying that if Tokiomi dies somehow, that Kotomine will be the legal guardian of Rin, his daughter. Uh 
and essentially protect her, give her everything she wants, whatever. On behest to him, that Kotamine takes the dagger and stabs him in the back, murdering him. Yo, that, that was that. Yo, that <laughs> that right there. Goddamn, I felt that one. <laughs> I felt that one. Damn yeah. <laughs> and obviously, Gilgamesh didn't come to his aid because he now has a new master, Kotamine. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. So bad stuff, all in all. So yeah. we get to the point where Iris feel essentially she's no longer able to move. And we find out that Iris feel is actually the vessel. She's not even human. She's a homunculus. Yep. Her daughter is a homunculus. Um, Kiritsugu knows this. Um, but he still obviously cares for her. Um, and she is the vessel that holds the Holy Grail inside her body. Um, this is the family that constantly, this is the, this family's role is to harbor the Holy Grail. Um, and she's slowly losing power because this is what happens to her as the Holy Grail reaches, the, the war reaches its finale. She slowly starts to lose power and so the Holy Grail can take form. Um, we then get two flashback episodes of Kirutsugi's past mm-hmm. as he was a child. And I really like these episodes because we learned a lot about him. They were very crucial. Mm -hmm. Um, He was a young boy on this tropical island. His dad was a mage who was essentially trying to discover immortality or Mm -hmm. sustaining human life forever. And he was succeeding with plants. You know, they kept their bloom for forever, essentially. Uh, But his assistant, who was best friends with Kiritsugi, um, she was his assistant. And we find out that he was essentially grooming her to be his first human test subject. Um, and she took whatever the, the vial was that sustained the, the plants and it turned her essentially into a zombie or a ghoul or whatever the, what they, whatever guess, they call them here. I believe they call them vampires here. Yeah, vampires. Um, and she started to infect the whole town or, or the whole village there. Um, and then obviously the, the church came in and then um, the grand mages came in as well. Uh, and they essentially started passing, purifying the village, killing all the, the zombies or vampires and destroying any evidence. Um, we find out that the church's goal is to kill everything, whereas the Grand Order is essentially the the Mage's order is to um, eliminate the, the 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 obviously the vampires, but also create a, a fake scenario of what happened here to cover it up. Um, but he encounters a woman who's there as well, and her goal there, she's an assassin, and she's there to assassinate his dad. Um, his dad's name, uh, Norikata, because he's been doing these experiments for a very long time. He's trying to find this, and he doesn't care about the consequences of what he, he does. Um, Kiritsugu confronts his dad and essentially kills him in cold blood. 
stabs mm-hmm. him and then takes a gun, shoots him, shoots him dead. Um, and this woman takes him, adopts him, and essentially trains him to be an assassin like she is. Um, which is kind of sad that his life turned this way. Um, but he learned with her that you can't save everybody. He tries to save people, but he can't because she only kills bad people, but good people die as collateral damage. Um, and during these two episodes, you know, she's on a plane to kill this rogue mage who is essentially using chemical magical warfare, um, essentially. Uh, and he's killing huge towns and villages with it. And she encounters him on the plane. She kills him only to find out that this disease that he had, that he's created, uh, uses bees. And these bees were in his body. So when he died, the bees would become active. And Not the bees! The bees. <laughs> and, you know, the whole plane gets infected except for her. And she tries to fly the plane back. Uh, and she tells uh, Kirutsugu what's going on. What we don't realize is Kurutsugu is planning to shoot down the plane, even though she said that she can land it. Um, he shoots the plane down, and he's really sad. He's angry about it because he kills, essentially, his mother at this point. This, and this is why I felt bad for him. This yeah. is why I felt bad for him. Like, he knew that he could land the plane, but the problem was that he didn't want what was in the plane to be outside and affect yeah, he, he couldn't risk. Properly. Yeah, he couldn't, he couldn't risk it. Risk it and this and she and knew this, that too. Yeah, she knew. That's why she saw. That's why she smiled before. You know, the, the plane. But, yeah, but this is why I felt bad for him because this, you saw the flashback. You know, he had his best friend who got turned, and then he had his father who he thought was doing something good, who was actually doing something bad. And then the person that took him and be his mother, his foster mother, and trained him. Like all these people that was in his life that had some type of bond of meaning to him, he they end up dying. Mm-hmm. And it's like to and I felt bad for him because like this is a mental breakdown. He gets close and each one of them ends up leaving him and he says like I feel alone. You see him bawling, he's screaming, he's crying. But in the end he's like, I need to do this because he wants to make the world a better place. He wants to end all types of crime, war, bloodshed. He just wants everything to be at peace. Mm-hmm. But I still feel bad for him because, like, he he's carrying this heavy burden. Like, like he said, you you saving people, but you can't save everyone. But he still feels that he could do it. And yeah. uh, he kind of and now. Because at first it's like, all right, this is a cold-blooded person. From what we've seen in season one, how he talks to his daughter and his wife and the assistant and all of it. It's like, what, what's his goal plan? It's like, he, he keeps talking about ending the war, but what, I, I didn't understand it until this episode. And now I understand why he is the way he is. Because I didn't understand that, that whole dialogue between him and Saber after they kill Archibald. I, I didn't get it. Like, what is he talking about? Until this episode was presented. And now it all makes sense. Yeah, and, Now and it all we, makes sense. 
we, we see his 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 true motives. He he wants to create peace peace on Earth. No more mm-hmm. wars. No more destruction. Nothing. It's a noble mm-hmm. goal. And he says, I don't care how many people I have to kill to achieve this goal, but if it means no more people will die in the future, then this is what he has to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and we obviously know the, the the wishes for all the other characters at this point, um, except for Kotomine, who doesn't have a wish. He doesn't give a crap. Uh, we know Ryder wants to essentially conquer the whole world again. Yep. Um, we know uh, his master, uh, Waver, just wants to look better in front of his yeah. peers. That's why he's constantly getting beat up by by Ryder all the time because of his stupid <laughs> wish. <laughs> So good. Um, we know uh, Kiria, Berserker's master, just wants to save. Uh, yeah. Sakura yeah, is, is yeah. her name. Yeah. Um, and we know Saber wants to undo the past, undo what happened to Britain after she died, um, because she felt like Britain's fall was her fault, and we realized that it was her fault. <laughs> but she wants to undo it all. Mm-hmm. Um. The only one, and Gilgamesh, he doesn't care about the Holy Grail because he thinks it's already his. He knows it belongs to him. Yeah, he, he, believes, just he owns the... every trinket, every yeah. magical item. Yeah, and it's just part of his vault. He just didn't know that it was there because he has so much shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, the only it obviously the only motivations we don't know is Berserker, and we'll get to that in here in just a second. Um, so writer. So as Iris Veal is in this magical seal, she's trying to be healed, keep her sustained. Um, out of nowhere, Ryder breaks down the door, kills, well not kills, he severely wounds uh, the, the woman that's there to protect her and mm-hmm. kidnaps Iris Veal. Um, Saber shows up by Kitsurugi's command seal because he, he knows that something is going on. Um, she teleports over there um, but they're not there anymore. She runs out and she sees Ryder jumping and running on rooftops with Irisville. So she chases him. And essentially she's chasing him to the point where she encounters Ryder on his chariot with Weaver. Uh, and it turns into this chase. Uh, she's on her motorcycle. He's on his well, chariot. Well, she thought and... Ryder stole what's got took her, didn't she? Yes. And we'll get to what happened here. Um, in just a sec. So yeah, they're 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 in this race essentially, and Ryder decides he's gonna stop and he's gonna challenge Saber right there and then. Um, he charges at her and she uses her noble phantasm, essentially destroying the the cliffside that they're fighting on, and destroying his chariot. But he survives. And here she kind of realizes, like, where is Irisville? Why doesn't he have her? And why wasn't he using his chariot when she was chasing him? Uh-huh. And Ryder also finds out here that he isn't a match for her noble phantasm. He essentially takes that as a loss, and he realizes this. Um, I should also mention that before this, Ryder was gone in the spirit world because he had used up so much of his energy fighting caster, he wasn't able to sustain his human body. Um, so while Weaver was essentially trying to heal him by eating and resting and stuff like that, giving him mana. He wasn't able to manifest because he used so much power. And this becomes important going into the end game here. Um, so 
he knows that he's lost a saber. Saber realizes that something fishy is going on here. Um, and she leaves. Um, and we find out that it wasn't Ryder who kidnapped Irisville. It was actually Berserker. And we find out one of Berserker's abilities as well. He can take the form of anybody he wants at any time. So he looked like Ryder, exactly like Ryder. Um, but he was still angry. And it was Kotamine who essentially went into a um, pact with Kyria to help him secure the Holy Grail by giving him what he wants if he helped him. Um, which And what he wants is to kill Tokiyomi and save Sakura. Well, mm -hmm. Tokiyomi's already dead. So he decides to give him what he wants. And he leads him into a church where Tokiomi's already dead. Uh, Kiryu sees that he's dead, and Tokiomi's wife shows up, who is really good friends with Kiria. Um, and she starts blaming him for killing Tokiomi, which he didn't do. He snaps and essentially starts choking her to death. Uh, he just loses his shit. Um, and essentially killing her. I do this with quotations. Um, and he's essentially kind of lost at this point. He goes back home to, to you know, the, the mansion of his father. Um, Ryder uh, is heading out to on his steed to essentially fight his final battle. There's only four servants left. Gilgamesh, Saber, Ryder, and Berserker. Um, his chariot is destroyed, so he's using his horse. And Weaver decides this is essentially going to be the final battle. He essentially uses all three of his command seals to force Ryder to win the Holy Grail. Go fight, win, no matter what. Um, and he takes Weaver with him, and it's here on the bridge that they fought against Caster, where he encounters Gilgam Gilgamesh. Yep. Yeah. Gilgamesh asks him what happened to his steed, and he says, Hey, I fought Saber and lost. And Gilgamesh is a little upset because he said the next time they fight, he wants to fight Ryder at his full power. Um and Ryder essentially says, The weaker I look, the more powerful I am. And he convinces him to fight. And he uses his noble phantasm to send Gilgamesh into the marble. And his army starts charging and everything. But Gilgamesh doesn't really do anything. He's just standing there. Um, because he knows he's already won this fight. And mm -hmm. it's here where we see Gilgamesh's noble phantasm, which in my opinion is like activating god mode, essentially, and winning yeah. right away. Yeah. <laughs> yep. uh, his noble phantasm allows him to rewrite and destroy reality as he sees fit. Mm -hmm. Um. And he essentially starts to destroy the marble from within. And Ryder's armies are just being decimated because the ground is opening up. They're all falling. Um, and it's just destroying the, the reality that Ryder has created. And Ryder appears back on the bridge. Um, and he tells Weaver to essentially leave 
and become his retainer because he's the only one who had he never asked to join his army, even as Gilgamesh to join his army uh, before this fight started. And Weaver agrees to join his army as a retainer. Um, so he wets him off the horse because he knows he's lost. He knows he's not going to beat Gilgamesh. Um, but he still charges. He charges at him. That's when Gilgamesh uses his portals to release dozens and dozens of swords. And, you know, he starts shooting at him. You know, Ryder's doing good. He's deflecting them. He's dodging them. His horse gets killed. He's still charging. And then, you know, he gets impaled by one weapon. Then he gets impaled by a second one. And right as he's about to land the, the blow on Gilgamesh's face, he's stopped by a chain. And the chain holds him down. And Gilgamesh stabs him with his noble phantasm sword, essentially oh, killing him. Oh, sad. That's like, God damn it, that was sad. <laughs> right, as, right, right as my boy. Right as my boy. And but this is when he... I lost interest in the anime. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody I'm wanted Ryder to, to see that he stood. Yeah. He's still smi- he's still smiling. He's like, and you know he's he he accepted his fate. I still yeah. respect him for that. Like he didn't, mm-hmm. he didn't complain about it. He didn't like. He didn't complain about what I like about it about it the most is that during the episode during the, the episodes that we see he always talk about this ocean that he wanted to see. And mm-hmm. he finally got clarity of it. He was like, I didn't get to see it really, but knowing that I'm gone and he has that vision, I was happy for him for that. Because that's all he cared about. Yes, he cared about conquering the world, but it was that ocean. Every time he says something passionate, he always referred to that ocean that he wanted to see it because it gave him so much clarity and him being at peace. And then yeah. he started to fade, and I was like, God damn it, it's not right or no. God damn it. <laughs> I told you, characters you love were going to die, man. But yeah. Gilgamesh approaches Weaver. Weaver. And he, Weaver yeah, yeah, and he asks him, are you his master? And he said no. And he looks at his hand, and he sees he has no command seals, because he used all three of them, which means the pact is gone. He has no control over him anymore. Um, and he just tells him that he's his retainer. And Gilgamesh essentially tells him that his loyalty to his master is unwavered and he should never let anybody change that for him. And he respects that loyalty to the highest yeah. degree. And he Before lets him he, live. Well, he said first, well, since you are in his army, that means you're supposed to fight me. But then Waver says, I know I can't beat you because I need to survive. And that's when he said. That was the I order that he gave me was yeah. to live. Yeah. Yeah. So Gilgamesh lets him live. Nice move on Gilgamesh. But why kill something that, you know, is no threat to you? Yeah. Uh, But during this time, Saber is attacked by our favorite berserker. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. In a parking garage. And he's using machine guns and rockets and flamethrowers. He's just going ham sandwich on her. Mm -hmm. And she starts to feel like she knows who he is. She demands to know who is behind the armored mask. And he starts to release the the smoke around him and she notices the armor and she recognizes the armor. And we find out that Berserker is Lancelot. 
her second in command, the one who committed atrocities in Britain for Gwenneville because he was in love with her. And she can't deal with that fact that her noblest knight, her best friend, would go into such a hatred for her to become a berserker and be part of the berserker class. And it starts to go back in her mind about what Ryder said, that she saved her people, but she didn't lead her people. And she starts to see this with Lancelot, that he loved her, he was noble to her, he was trustworthy, but he hated her for how she led the country. Um, and we find out, like, it's, okay, during their fight, it's not talked about in the anime very well, but it is talked about it in the visual novel quite extensively, is the reason he became a berserker is because of all the atrocities he committed we get glimpses of it in the anime. She knew how bad of a person he was, but she forgave him for it because she was the way she was. And he hated her for that. He felt that he should have been punished for what he did. This is why he became a berserker and why he hates her because she didn't punish him. Um, so during their fight, she essentially realizes that moment that she that writer was right that she was a terrible leader um and she kills him she stabs berserker killing him um and at the same time we see kiria who is trying to save sakura but sakura is already so corrupted by these bugs and these creatures that she actually kills him and throws him into the pit with the bugs um essentially ending them. Um, and then we get to the final battle. So Kiritsugu and Kotomine are in this weird building underneath, I believe it's like a symphony hall or something. Um, mm -hmm. And they're battling. They start to fight. And it's actually a pretty cool fight, I thought. Um, yeah. Kotomine is using his speed. Kiritsugu is using his time warp ability to slow down time. Um, and he finds that, like, he shoots his gun at Kotomine, and he deflects it with his blades, but he's like, how the hell is he able to do that? Well, because he has an infinite number of command seals, and he's essentially yeah. using these command seals to rebuild his shit, in a way. Um, and Kiritsugu gets punched in the chest, and he goes flying into the back against the wall, and we assume he's dead. But what he did is he stopped time to stop his heart as he gets hit, and then restarted when time started again, yeah. so it wouldn't have killed him. And he's able to shoot his pistol, the magic-destroying one, into Kotomine's arm, essentially making it the command seals useless for him to use. He's not able to use that arm. Um, and he decides that the best way for him to defeat him is at close range. Uh, so he uses his time speed to get as close as he can to him, attack him with a knife and all that. And we get a cut. And again, I forgot to mention this. Um, Kotomine asks Irisville what um, K 
Kirisugi's wishes, and she tells him world peace and all that. And he hates that wish so much that he actually chokes her to death and kills her, snapping her neck. Um, but he also at this point finds out that she is the uh, carrier of the Holy Grail. She's the catalyst, and she lays on top of this um, podium, uh, and her body transforms into the Grail. And as the fight continues, we see blood start to form in the chalice and in the grail to the point where it gets so much that it actually explodes, crashes down on the ground underneath uh, where they are. And they're all covered in blood. And we see that Kiritsugu has the upper hand on Kotomine. And he has a gun, his pistol, up to his head. And as he's talking to him, he just says, enough, shoots Kotomine in the back of the head, killing him. Done. Saber appears at the, the symphony hall that's there, as does Gilgamesh. And Gilgamesh tells her that he wants her to be his wife and serve under yeah. him. Yeah, that was a bullshit <laughs> from him. And then when she refuses, he's like, you don't seem to understand. That wasn't a request. This is what's going to happen. <laughs> he's literally telling her that's where she's going to be. Um, but it's also here where Kotomine encounters essentially the Holy Grail. He's mm. transported to this alternate dimension where this woman who looks like Irisville is essentially asking him what his wish is. And here is where things I'm pretty sure got super confusing. Yeah, I was lost <laughs> with this. I was like, this makes no sense. Gary better explain this shit to me because I don't get it. Yeah, and the anime doesn't do a good job of explaining it either. Um, so essentially, what we see is, you know, he they know what his wish is. Like, the Holy Grail already knows what the person wants to wish for. And what the Grail starts to do is show him what his wish is going to look like. With the boat analogy was fantastic, I thought. Like you have 200 people on one boat, and you have, you know, 100 people on another boat. Both of them start to sink, but you can only repair one of them fast enough to save it. The boat with 100 people kidnap you and try to force you to fix their boat. But what you do is you kill them because you don't agree with the decision. You know, you don't like the fact that they kidnapped you. So you fix the boat, you kill them, and 100 people move from one boat to the other one. And then the same thing happens, and you do the same thing. So at the end of the day, you've killed more people than you would have saved. Um, essentially, what the Grail is telling him is that in order for him to get his wish of world peace, Everybody has to die. And it shows him that at the end where it shows him with Iris Veal and their daughter. And he realizes that the wish that he would get if he wishes for world peace is that everybody would die in the whole world except for the three of them. Because that is the only thing that will make him happy. Because the Holy Grail already knows deep down what you want. You can say whatever you want, but it's only going to grant the wish that it knows that you want deep down in your heart. And it's essentially like a monkey's paw thing. The Holy Grail gives you what you want, 
but at a very steep cost of something else, if that makes sense. Um, it's it's a very bad thing. And we find out that this wasn't what the Holy Grail always was. What the Holy Grail wants is it wants to have a body of its own. And if it grants a wish, that it can achieve this body. And what we know in the um, visual novel is a wish has never actually been granted by the Holy Grail. People find out, found out exactly what the Holy Grail would do when it grants a wish, and they refuse to make the wish. Uh, and in the third Holy Grail war, somebody did make that wish. And when they made that wish, they were trapped inside the Holy Grail. And that is the, the, the fake Iris Veil that we see trying to demand the wish from Kiritsugu. She wants the wish to happen. Because if the wish happens, then she will be able to have a body of her own. Or, or of its own, I should say. Um, so the Holy Grail is not a good thing. It's been corrupted. And every, whatever that thing is inside the Holy Grail has been slowly corrupting it. And demand it, it, it's essentially just been destroying it. Um, like if you ever seen the movie Wishmaster, have you ever seen that oh, movie? Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's essentially what the Holy Grail is. You make a wish, but it's probably not exactly what you want. <laughs> you know, that's essentially what it does. And Kiritsugu figures this out. That's why he kills Iris Veal and his daughter during that that moment. Um, and he commands Saber to destroy the Holy Grail once he gets out of this trance that he's in. And obviously she's pissed. She doesn't want to do it. She wants the wish. And he uses both his command seals in order to destroy it. Um, so she does. But she doesn't actually destroy the grail. She destroys the catalyst, essentially Irisville's body. The grail exists in the sky, which we see the sky opens up. Yeah. And this nasty lava shit comes out because that's the the, the catalyst was keeping all that in. It's the corruption uh-huh. that's been building in the Holy Grail from all the wishes. Essentially, it's all the blood from all the people who have died fighting over it. Um, it spills out, and Gilgamesh is the first one who who gets hit, so we think he's done, right? Uh-huh. Yep. And we see the whole city destroyed. Kirutsugu is essentially just mentally not there. He's just trying to find people to save as he can. Uh-huh. Um, but we get a scene where Gilgamesh is sitting there naked and Kotamine is alive. And you're probably like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> well, what happened was because Kiritsugu refused to make a wish, the Holy Grail gave the victory to the second place winner which was Kotamine and Gilgamesh. Even though Kotamine was dead, it's already knew what his desire and his wish was. That's why he gave him the command seals again. And they essentially got their wish. Kotamine, who has no emotions, just wanted destruction. So the Holy Grail gave him destruction. It destroyed the whole city that they were fighting in. Gilgamesh's wish, we find out, is the fact that he wanted to be reincarnated. And so he was. That's why he's naked. He doesn't have his golden armor. He's essentially in a human body now. Um, 
So he gave them their wish, and essentially Kotomine and Saber lost. But Saber was never killed. Um, what happened with Saber, which we see going into the later episode, she's back on the battlefield where all the bodies are, and she realizes where she's at. And the reason she's there is not because she died, it's because she used all her energy. She went into the temporal realm, like how Ryder went when he ran out of energy. Wow. That's why she's pretty much there. And because she doesn't have a master to go back to now, nobody's giving her mana because. Kuritsugu used his command seals, she's essentially trapped there. She didn't die like any of the other heroic spirits. She just went back to where they come from when they get summoned. Um, so, yeah. That is fucked up. <laughs> like, for her? No, yeah. what, she, what she's dealing with in terms of the, like, the story she said about how she saved people, but she didn't really... And just to see them all there, yeah, that I saw that. I was like, God damn, she is going, she's never going to be the same. Never <laughs> going to be the same. Yeah, you know, she vows to win the, the Grail again and to still change history. You know, she still wants to change history. She isn't the belief that she should do that. Um, we obviously don't see Gilgamesh again. We see Kotomine. He is doing a funeral service for um, Rin's father. Uh, he gives her the blade that, yo, as that, a keepsake of yo. the weapon he used to kill her dad. Oh, my dear mother. <laughs> Here is the blade I used to murder. She obviously doesn't know. And she's like, this is the last thing of my father's possessions. I'm going to cherish this. Not knowing that she's cherishing the weapon that killed him really messed up. Mm-hmm. Um, Kiritsugu um, finds one boy that survived the destruction of the city, and he adopts him, and, you know, he essentially starts to, to kind of raise him. Mm-hmm. Um, he was never allowed to return to see his daughter because he didn't win the Holy Grail. That was the clause that he had made when they hired him. Um... Waver decides to stay in Japan and then travel the world. Uh, and he asked his fake grandparents to essentially be his real grandparents, which they agree uh-huh. to. Uh-huh. Um, and that's essentially how it ends. It ends on one scene with Kiritsugu essentially sitting there with this boy, and he's slowly falling asleep, and he's getting weaker and weaker. And you know, he, the little boy essentially tells him, hey, I want to be a hero of justice, you know, which is essentially taking up the same mantle that Karutsugu took, yep. you know, trying to stop the bad guys to, to save people. Um, and, and that boy was called Gohans. <laughs> and what you don't know in that scene is Karutsugu actually dies sitting there. Um, because what we also know what you don't know because it didn't tell you uh, is that he was slowly giving all his mana to keep Saber alive in this dimension that she's in. She can't come out because he doesn't have command seals, but he's still giving her because he still has the artifact, the healing artifact. Um, And he actually subconsciously passes it on to the little boy. Um, 
and this is where Fate Zero ends. But Fate Zero or Fate Stay Night picks up, I think, 10 years later. And Fate Stay Night uh, is the story of Rin, the girl that we saw grown up, and the little boy that Kitsurugi was raising as well. Wow. So that's essentially Fate Stay Night. That was a long podcast. I, I apologize <laughs> for that. But it, like, but it second was half thoughts. Because... Yes, let's give the second half thoughts. And if you have any more questions, please let me know and I'll answer them as best I can. That second part oh, was confusing. Oh, Towards the end. Pay... One second. I didn't pay much attention to the second half, so I'm going to be quiet. <laughs> I mean, yeah, not that, this podcast. That... I paid attention to this, but the anime. I, once Ryder passed away, I lost interest. <laughs> yeah, that second part towards the grill was confusing. I was like, mm-hmm. I didn't understand it. Like, I just watched it to watch it. I was like, I know Gary will do a better explanation because I understood what was going on. I was mad that Ryder died. Cause that was my boy. I love him out of all the servants. I don't <laughs> I, I don't like that he died. I the battle between Kiri and Kuroso. I didn't really care for it. I rather the I I prefer the first battle with him and Archer. I mean Archibald. I like that one better. Cause mm-hmm. to me they were evenly matched. I feel in this second battle they were evenly matched. If it wasn't for that Holy Grail, I honestly think Kiri would have won. That's just me. That's just me based on that. Um, Jeremy Mitch is still a dick. Cause what he did was dick moves. Just stand there using a fucking cheat code. Like, <laughs> cheat code. But um, after Saber, I feel bad for her. Especially fighting some Berserker and who he found out which, who he was. Yeah, I, I feel bad for her. her. Story is just sad as fuck. Um, that's it, really. Overall, it was good. Fight scenes, I love the fight scenes. Fight scenes was crazy. Animation was done well. Um, Iris feel. I I felt bad for her because we know she wasn't human. But I like that she liked to do human stuff, like drive the car and then go shopping and see the scenery. So I, I felt bad for her that she couldn't really experience that, especially knowing that she knew that she was going to die. So, yeah. Um, and again, um, the damn gun, yo. I love that gun. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love that gun. That gun was so badass. Yeah. Good, good recommendation. Yeah, good recommendation. Why, thank you. And Ben, you don't want to say anything else because you stopped after Writer. <laughs> yeah, I pretty I'm much sorry. did. A lot of people loved Writer so much. Yeah. They were kind of pissed off that he mm-hmm. was removed that yeah. way. Uh, but that's Gilgamesh. He thought Writer was bad. Watch Fade Stay Night. Or Gilgamesh was bad. Watch Fade Stay Night. You'll hate him even more. Oh, God. Um, yeah, so yeah, Fate Stay Night essentially continues on 10 years where Fate Zero ended. And it was actually the first story. They made Fate Zero to kind of explain a lot of the shit that people didn't understand in Fate Stay Night. Um, uh-huh. And why Gilgamesh and Saber know each other, because they both return in Stay Night. Um, and 
obviously Weaver re- waiver returns. Um, Kotamine is there as well. Uh, a lot of characters return, but a lot of different uh, servants that are also still really badass. Uh, especially Berserker again, my favorite. Fate Stay Night has my favorite Berserker class. Um, I highly recommend it. And if you do watch it, go for it. Uh, there's also another continuation after that, Fate Apolyptica, I believe it's called. It's also on Netflix, and that one stars the Joan of Arc. So you might get Caster back, my friend. I haven't watched that one myself. No, I, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. I do not want Caster back. <laughs> So yeah, it's confusing. I'm sorry. Uh, they definitely kind of expected you to know the backstory of the Fate series, uh, and they didn't do a good enough job explaining the whole Holy Grail and the Wish thing. Uh, the best way I can explain it is if you've seen Wishmaster, or if you saw the yeah. the wishing episode of the X Files, where mm-hmm. Mulder encounters the genie and he asks for stuff, and he knows it's all a trick. <laughs> And the same thing happened there. Like he asked for world peace, and she just removed every human on the planet except for him. And like, you wanted world peace is the only way to have it. <laughs> um, so essentially, that's what it was. And the Holy Grail just is not anything special. It's just a terrible thing that does terrible things. Um, so yeah, Ben, your score then. Um, eight. I'll give it an eight. It was pretty good. Yeah, eight. I feel like an eight. Yeah. Awesome. Eight out of ten. Uh, Alfonso? Eight and a half. Just be- it would have got a ten, but because of that fucking cast and his damn master and what they did to those children, that's why I was getting eight and a half. That's the only <laughs> reason. Only reason why I was getting eight and a half. Uh, I will also give it an eight and a half. Uh, like I said, I love the animation. I love the, the fight scenes especially. I love the characters. I feel like every character had a good motive, a good uh, set of circumstances and scenes. Like there wasn't really a main character, even though the story was really about the two Kotomine and Kirutsuju. Um, everybody had a very important role to play in the story. I felt like they all connected in one way or another. Um, and obviously, um, yeah, the, the negatives for me was the the lack of explanation at the end, unless you knew yeah. what the story was. Like beforehand, if you only play the visual novel, they explain that to you. Um, but yeah, no, I like the fact that the bad guys won, essentially. <laughs> like, you don't really get that a lot in anime yeah. Uh, yeah. or any stories, really, that the bad guys win. Um, and um, what's it called? God damn it. I, forgot my, I lost my train of thought. Anyways, yes. 8.5 for me as well. That was a long one. My throat hurts now. Alfonso, it's yes, your turn. It's my turn. Okay, so I had a I had a recommendation that I watched this anime about like three weeks ago. And it was interesting because it's a thriller slash mystery. But my problem with this anime is that it's a lot of talking. And I'm, what I mean a lot of talking, I mean a lot of talking to get to the point, the plot, the the mystery of what's going on. And I was still going to recommend it today. But I was on Netflix, and I was scrolling through stuff, and I was just looking at other animes that I was going to watch. And I saw this one that caught my eye. That had to do with Western. The old West. 
machinery, robots, and magic. I love this anime so much that I already been to watch all 12 episodes today. So this recommendation that I'm doing for the bi-weekly is called Canon. What is it called? Canon, Canon, Canon Busters. Yeah. Canon Busters. This is on Netflix. It is dubbed as 12 episodes. And the plot, <laughs> the plot of the anime is you have these two female robots who's looking for a man who's have a bounty on his head and they need his help to find one of the robot friend who's a prince who went missing. They got comedy. They got action. And they got a little a little mystery to it. So yeah, y'all are going to enjoy this. Gary, I know you will like this the most because the mystery part. The mystery, the mystery part is of like, oh stop, this is good. Yeah, like I said, I binge watched this, this whole thing today. I was up five in the morning and I finished watched this around nine thirty. Yeah, this is the first time that I binge watched something that quickly and recommend it for the same day. That's how good it is to me. So yeah, <laughs> Canon Busters on Netflix. Alrighty, sounds good. And shout outs, Alfonso. Shout out to you, Gary. Yeah, this has to be one of the longest podcasts we've done in a while because there was a lot of explanation needed to be explained with your recommendation. But it's so good. It was so good. Fucked up. <laughs> Fucked up in a lot of ways in terms of season one and season two with certain characters. But I enjoyed it. Shout out to you. Shout out to you, Ben. Shout out to all the listeners and all the followers who love anime. You can follow me on Ali, you can follow me on Twitter at Ali Shen7. Alrighty. Ben? Uh, shout, shout out to everyone that has lasted two hours and 13 minutes. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Um... <laughs> But no, seriously, have uh, it was a good anime. Good choice, Gary. Thank you. Um, and you can find me at MG underscore Chili. Alrighty. Uh, you can reach me at Gugosh, that's G-A-G-L-A-U-S-H on Twitter. And shout out to you guys. Thank you for sticking this long with me. <laughs> I know it was a long one, and I truly am sorry about that. Um, I'll definitely keep it shorter next times and next times and next times. But thanks for joining me. This has been the Problematic Sticker Podcast, and we watched Fade Zero. So go watch it yourself. It's on Netflix. Bye for now. Goodbye. Bye.